0: What's going on everybody, welcome to Run It Back, the Big Lebowski Edition. I am your host, Ralph Campiano, I am an editor at Burbs Entertainment, and I am joined as always by my co-hosts, Evan Northrup, he really ties the room together, and Jack the Martian, aka Mr. Always Stay Spark, and Martin, uh, who is always out of his element, welcome fellas, i'm super excited to talk about the coen brothers movie that dropped on my birth year i believe yours too evan 1998 am i right no you're not i'm a 97 um yeah great movie so excited to talk about it just rewatched it today um i've seen this movie probably six or seven times i don't remember who suggested this for the schedule for the working schedule at least um, but let's just start out with some general thoughts Martin what sticks out to you most about this movie being that you are the closest in proximity to the dude's attitude
1: um I honestly just really like watching him on screen like he is such like a cool character and Jeff it's like one of those roles where I don't think anybody else could have done it to the level that Jeff bridges did um, and also John Goodwin that movie's a real highlight for me um, this was the first time I'd ever seen it. I'd started it a few months ago, but just kind of something came up, and then never got back to it during my rental period. So I kind of let it sit. Um, but I, I mean, I loved it this time, and it's just like the characters are so, like any Coen Brothers movie, the characters are all just so developed in their own.
0: Northern, what about you? I mean you're a big Coen Brothers guy. We were just talking about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou before we hopped on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But what kind of mm-hmm. differentiates this movie against the rest of their filmography?
2: I think you could say that they're all a little more on the experimental side. Um, but I think that this being earlier in their filmography definitely kind of has them at their peak creativity. They're really, it seems like they're doing whatever they want in this movie. It's it's really borders on being sort of it feels like an early movie, like when you're kind of figuring out what you want to do and where you want to go with your own style, um, and then it works really well. So I just feel like it just showcases their creativity to the most. And they, they the reason it works so well is because they got great actors to do that for them. So this is a
0: movie that is critically acclaimed and universally beloved, a lot like the rest of the movies we talked about, like Lady Bird. Uh, so I think that's what sticks out to me the most, but it also has developed its own cult. So... This movie to me is a lot about like a human's philosophy. I think a lot of people took from this movie and adapted it to their own life. So we were just talking about it before the podcast, but there is an ordination that you can receive from a website called dudeism.com. So feel free to go get ordained. We all just did it before the podcast. So we are ordained by the dude himself. Uh, and then there's actually an annual convention that people attend just to come together to talk about the Big Lebowski and sport their own, you know, like kind of like retcon outfits and all that kind of stuff. So it's just really cool to see like when a movie like this is, it's it's culty, it is, but it's not like in-your-face culty. Like a lot of movies, like all the people that love Midsommar are going to like talk about like how much they love Midsommar in front of you, but the Big Lebowski, it's just like they're kind of floating through life. Um,
2: That's a different kind of cult, it is. man. Yeah, for sure. Cold. I would midsummer, I don't I don't know. I would say this is the definition of a cult classic though. Like if you say cult classic, this there's I can guarantee you for the rest of my life there'll never be a movie that comes to mind quicker than this. Like that's what this defines that class
0: of movie. Definitely. And I think the other thing about this movie when I was rewatching it today is I noticed this guy, right? And he plays Uli, who is also one of the nihilists. He's the guy who's floating in the pool. That's the first time that we meet him. He's actually in Fargo, so he's Buscemi's partner in Fargo. And so it made me think about like how directors use like a rotating um, cast, essentially. So I was thinking about like, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson uses Philip Seymour Hoffman, John C. Riley, Julianne Moore, Walking Phoenix, Philip Baker Hall, and like all these different movies. And then there's Tarantino who's a good example of that. He uses Samuel L. Jackson, DiCaprio, Pitt, Uma Thurman. But then the Coens kind of have their own little, like, core of people that they always use. So Buscemi's in several of their movies. John Tortoros in a lot of their movies. He's, like, literally, like, three or four years removed from doing Barton Fink, where he's the core principal of that movie. And then he just plays this guy named Jesus in this movie who's a sexual predator bowler, (laughs) which is just so goofy. He goes from having his own movie that he stars in to being, like, not even, like, the sixth man, but, like, honestly, like, a bench player... But then there's also John Goodman, mm-hmm. they have George Clooney, and then the guy who plays Uli, his name is Peter Stormare. So I just wanted to bring that up because I think that's so cool because I like to think about these directors having their own universes and having like the same actors play different parts of their universe. I think it's so cool because this takes place in the early 90s, so it like mm-hmm. kind of coexists in the same lines of like Raising Arizona, Barton Fink, or oh, Brother Where thou? all that kind of stuff just years mm-hmm. later, years before. Uh, the letterbox summary for this movie... It's good knowing he's out there, the dude, taking her easy for all of the sinners. Actually, I have a pretty good Sam Elliott impression. I, I don't mean to brag, but you Let's want to hear see. it? Let's I want go. to hear it. Okay. Oh, 100%. It might take me a little bit to warm up, but um, my girlfriend was getting really pissed one night nope, because no I was whispering it in her ear for like way too long. She was getting really <laughs> frustrated. All right. Jeffrey the Dude Lebowski, and he's a little more rust. and he's a little, I'm rubbing the rust off, It needs more- good. A, it's good. Jeffrey the Dude Lebowski, a Los Angeles slacker who only wants to bowl and drink white Russians, is mistaken for another Jeffrey Lebowski, a wheelchair-bound millionaire, and finds himself dragged into a strange series of events involving nihilists, adult film producers, ferrets, errant toes, and large sums of money and sarsaparilla. That's that's the thing, is you gotta say words like that, that you gotta say great. words like molasses. My voice sounds molasses. Like slowly dripping molasses. You actually it's me. not bad. It, I can't do it very loud, but I can do it a little bit quieter. Uh, the Rotten Tomato score for this movie mm-hmm. is eighty three percent, it has a four point one score on Letterboxd. Evan, what was your initial inter- interaction with this movie? Did you see this when you were a little bit younger? Because I know you were introduced to a lot of pretty complicated movies at a younger age.
2: Mm-hmm so i watched this at the beginning of high school and i had friends at at school you know kind of those like a little more like hipster kids who were like into all this stuff early who were telling me like oh this is the funniest movie of all time and so i watched it and i was disappointed because i didn't really go in with the right expectations i thought this is going to be like a little bit of slapstick comedy and even at you know being 15 years old whatever i think a lot of the comedy that i can get now i didn't quite understand um at that and it didn't quite hit um So this was a movie that got so much better with each rewatch. And now it's become... I don't know. I just really love watching this movie. Uh, I also... It's weird. I had an interesting rewatch this time, which... uh, This could be a weird time to bring this up, but... I was... uh, Watching this movie through, and I recently read uh, the Big Sleep, which is uh, Raymond Chandler. Uh, it's a noir movie. And like three quarters of the way through this movie, I was like, "This is like almost like a like a spoof of that mo- of that book, and that movie." And I remember recently on watching something on TCM, and them talking about how noir movies, a lot of the times you don't understand what's going on. And there's this famous time when on the set of the Big Sleep, they asked Raymond Chandler who killed a certain person. And he said he didn't even know. And that's what this movie does, too. By the end, like, the Germans are there. You're like, how the hell are they involved with this? I have no idea. I have no idea how the porn director is even involved with this anymore. By the end, you're just there because you like the characters and you like the feel. And the mystery is just completely falling apart. Um, And I looked it up, and I guess the Coen brothers did take a lot of inspiration from those movies. But that was just another part of how this this last rewatch uh, was different for me. But it gets better I think it's now. a
0: great point because if you asked me to describe the plot of this movie to somebody I'd be able to give them a very basic mm-hmm. synopsis But I wouldn't be able to do it like scene by scene or whatever And so I'm watching this with my mom mm-hmm. today It's her first time seeing it and she goes to the bathroom And she's in there for like 5-10 minutes or whatever She's like, what did I miss? I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't really know what to tell you <laughs> Like, I, I, He <laughs> smoked a couple of joints, he crashed his car And uh, Walter ended up yelling at a, a little teenage boy who he thought had a red Corvette for some reason, like just like there are a lot of parts of this <laughs> movie that don't make any sort of sense whatsoever, but they're also not trying to make sense, which is huge for me. Um, what would it be your one 100%. word or phrase to describe this movie, Martian? Far out, hyphenated. Far out, far out, man. What
2: about you, Ev? Oh man, this is tough. I should have came prepared on this one. I don't know. I want to say the. I want to say dude, but that's uh, too easy. Maybe relaxed. Okay. I, Maybe go with the flow with a dash in between yep. each word. I'm gonna go with uh,
0: vibrations, just because I hate the word vi- vibes. Ooh. The word vibes got overused by Skizzy Mars affiliates, so I'm gonna go with vibrations. 100%. Um, are all film first team, so I think that this one is gonna be a little bit different than the ones that we've had in the past. Uh, I can't remember which podcast we did it on, which movie we were talking about, but we went positionless. I think this movie is a little bit positionless too. Um, I would nominate Lebowski, the dude, as our point forward. Okay, so not our typical point guard, but a forward because he's a little bit bigger, takes up a lot of space in this movie. There are some scenes where literally all he's doing is smoking a joint in the bathtub for like a minute, and then he ends up getting a marmot stuck between his legs. Um, and then I would nominate Walter and Donnie as Crazy. our as our forwards, uh, just because I think that they play off of him so beautifully. And then I would have Maude and Brant as our bigs. So, I'm yep. let, let's let's use this moment yeah. to talk about the boy Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think he is probably each of one of our five favorite actors between the three of us. Um, Martian, talk about the god, the chubby god, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and how much of a chameleon he is because he is a year later playing Scotty J in Boogie Nights, who is just the most insecure piece of shit porn producer or sound Like Mike guy ever and this year in 1998 he's playing just the nerdiest fucking dude like Brant is like Mm -hmm. a shell of a person Uh, but yeah go ahead and speak on Philip Seymour
1: dude he's so good in everything he does and you can put him in any kind of movie in any kind of role like Punch Drunk Love he's in it for maybe 15 (laughs) minutes and he's just screaming into a phone the entire time (laughs) the master he's basically L. Ron Hubbard um he plays a baseball manager in Moneyball um along came Polly he's honestly really funny and he's like he translates to like physical comedy really well and he even kind of does that in this movie just with like his facial reactions and just like movements whenever he's nervous but that basketball scene in the long King poly is like so fucking funny with <laughs> philip seymour hoffman rainmaker he's it's so funny and he's just so magical and he truly dominates the screen whenever he's on it he's a king dude
2: he's like the I he's the guy his, who his read oh go ahead no, I was just going to, on that reactions point, his reactions to everything in this movie are so funny. Like uh, when Bunny says, I'll suck your dick for $1,000, and if he wants to watch, he has to pay 100 and he just kind of has this awkward <laughs> laugh. Or when um the big Lebowski is crying in that room, and they <laughs> just have a quick shot of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, he's also crying, super upset. His reaction is just like control scenes in this movie. He is like, the kind of
0: guy who I watched growing up, I'm like, I see him in a lot of stuff, but I didn't have an appreciation for it, but now that I'm older, and I've, you know, been watching all these movies recently, I want him in every single movie, like, even if he plays the smallest part, yeah. because, like Jack just said, like, he can be your L. Ron Hubbard, he can be your leading man that really, like, moves the pace of the movie, and the movie wouldn't be able to survive without him, but movies like this also wouldn't be able to survive without him, because who are you going to replace him with? Like, he's so perfect for this, and He's just, you know, he's, like, a traditionally trained actor. He was on Broadway and all that kind of stuff. But he's also just so fucking fun. Like Jack said, along came Pauly. Like, that's one of my favorite characters ever just because he's so weird. He's talking about, like, ripping ass in an elevator and, like, finding chicks. And he like he's, like, obviously a not, like, traditionally attractive guy. Um, but, oh, my God, dude, I, I adore him more than anything. Um, so did you guys have – oh, I also wanted to say – I think that we have two six men in this movie kind of like Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell last year splitting like co-six man of the year Uh, John Turturro as Jesus the bowling ball licking sexual predator and then Sam Elliott who I did a knockoff impersonation of Um, both just absolutely phenomenal in this movie I think Sam Elliott's like the perfect like guy to act as the narrator usually like a director would like insert themselves as the narrator here but I think Sam Elliott is like the perfect embodiment of it um Is there any debate about who the most valuable character is, or is it just the dude?
2: Yeah, it's the dude. It's the dude, but, man, I had forgotten how much John Goodman is in this movie and drives this movie. I mean, he is, like, a true second biggest character. He has a lot of screen Mm -hmm. time in this. Well, and he
0: contrasts so well against the dude. Like, the dude is just Mm -hmm. so relaxed, but he has that ability. It's like you'll see him get triggered in moments where... You yes. think, like, like when we look back on this movie, at the end of the movie, there really is no resolution. He doesn't get any money or anything like that. But when the mm-hmm. ability or the option to go get money is, like, raised, like, he's about it. But then John Goodman is always triggered. But he also has, there's, this, like, this really, really sincere moment at the end of the movie. Right after they spread Donnie's ashes along the bosom of the Pacific Ocean, which I think is just hilarious, where he looks so small. He's, like, standing on top of that, like, that little cliff, mm-hmm. and um, it honestly, it, it makes me, like, tear up, because, like, he just, like, he's such a big man, but he looks so small in that moment, he just says, I'm sorry, dude. Like, he's sorry for being the way he is, for yeah. always talking about Vietnam and all this kind of stuff. So I think he raised a good point. That's where I we mentioned it, I didn't really like John Goodman like the first two times I saw this movie for whatever reason I thought he was doing a little much but now I'm like oh my god dude that is like just a bravado
2: performance yeah I agree I think that as you get older too you know finding people that will put up with you you know gets harder <laughs> and harder and I think that that's something that's a beautiful relationship because the dude is I honestly think the only guy who could hang out with mm. Walter all the time mm-hmm. and that's that, that's just it's great I don't know no, I think that's fascinating that you raised that point
0: because these three guys, like, they are all so different. Like, Donnie is so reserved, and, like, he'll interject at mm-hmm. moments where, like, it's the, the I am the walrus scene where he's just in the background saying, I am the walrus, and he's just trying to get his point in. <laughs> but also, like, there's, like, the role players in their life. So, like, the bartender who, at the bowling alley, like, he knows all of them really well. And yeah. then um, the landlord for the dude. Like, these guys are, so funny. you know, they they just they're just they just float around their little circle but nobody else gets into their little clique. Um Jack, what what's the most valuable scene in this movie? Oh.
1: That's tricky. Um I think that I think the ash spreading one is a really big one just for like the characters and kind of giving closure to that relationship. Um and then I also think the scene where him and Julianne Moore moderate together and then it turns into, like, this full-blown musical, and I think that kind of just, like, exhibits <laughs> the, like, kind of insanity of this movie and how it'll just kind of go anywhere and just pivot without any warning.
0: Now, I was going to nominate just every bowling scene. If we could just get a compilation of those, I'm with that. Yeah, I, I agree with you though. I mean, in, I, the <laughs> more musical is really weird. But hey, go ahead, Northrop. I agree.
2: Oh no, I was gonna agree with that too. The bowling scenes. I would also add the um, when he pulls the gun on the dude for stepping over the line. Mm. I think that's like I love when a director can create one moment and completely tell you who a character is. And I mean, that's what that does with John Goodman. I also had one comment about the bowling scenes. There's this scene right at the beginning where it looks like where where like the ball sort of like rolls over Lebowski and then the way the camera works is it's like you're inside of the bowling ball hole and as it rolls you like see, you know, flashes of the lane and the ceiling. And I just wanna know how they did that. That's like pretty wild. Like that that shot. I mean, it really looks like you're the camera's in the hole of a bowling ball. Which I, I don't think you could do in 1998. So. They pull
0: out some moves that I'm like, just I'm mind. just like flabbergasted by. Like the scene where it's essentially like him tripping sack after the porn producer drugs his white Russian and mm-hmm. he's like uh, walking towards <laughs> it's essentially like a building's worth of bowling ball shoes and he's just staring up at them and it's mm-hmm. like going into the night sky and then also like i think it's along the same lines of the bowling ball like where you hit the pins and then it closes and it's just the very opening it says the big lebowski and that like neon lights i mean stuff yeah. like that it's just it's just so brilliant i don't know how they do that kind of stuff i mean i've never been in an editing room or anything like that but like i mean that's the kind of stuff that like yeah. really makes these movies stands stand out um really quick before we go into most underrated performance i just wanted to talk about like Well, I guess we can talk about it a little bit later when we go to the GOAT movie. Um, Yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit. But I was going to talk about um, just movies that you want to exist in. So I have this theory that when I grow up, I want to have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I want to have a TV in my house specifically designated for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So it's on an infinite loop. After watching this movie again... I think it's in contention for, like, that nomination. Like, I want another TV in my house where I can just jump into the Big Lebowski at any point. That's why I think it's so run-it-backable because Roger Ebert said it best. I forgot to mention it earlier. But this movie is not dictated by its story. It is dictated by an attitude. So there isn't really a story that you need to, like, you need to watch this from the very beginning. You can jump in halfway through the movie and still get, like, the same value.
1: I want a TV like that, but for (laughs) grown-ups. I want a TV like that, but just 2012.
2: All day. Jack, do you think you could have a TV like that for Uncut
1: Um, I definitely could. I probably will. If I'm being completely honest. You would have a room designated to it. I probably will. I'm kind of of collecting enough to start one. So, if I had the money, I'd own everything. That'd be great. I'm thinking about okay, making my own your- Howie sweatshirt lived- with a drawing that I did of him. That'd be sick. I might like, try to I scan buy it. A- yeah, see what I could do.
2: If I lived by you guys, I'd never watch those movies at my own house again. I'd just go to your house whenever I want to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Uncut Gems. Just let myself in. Sit down wherever the movie's at. Listen,
0: Evan, when when we live in the same vicinity again, I am going to give you a key to my home and I will make sure that The Once Upon a Time in Hollywood DVD is always sitting atop my Xbox, and you'll be able to plug it in whenever you want, and I will never be mad if I walk in on you watching a Beavis and Butthead DiCaprio pit scene. Um, (laughs) All right, most underrated performance. Now, I have two nominations here. I think it can go to either Philip Seymour Hoffman or Steve Buscemi. Uh, Which way do you guys link? We haven't talked about Buscemi a lot yet, but I think this is the time for the Donnie conversation. So, Evan... You're the Donnie of this pod. We were just discussing it. If I'm the John Goodman, or the Walter, and Jack is the Jeff Bridges, the dude, then that would make you the Donnie. Um, speak on your spirit, brother.
2: <laughs> dude, I love Donnie. I think that, that <laughs> Donnie is like it's kind of a sad character. Uh, and John Goodman, I mean, he shits all over him, but. He's just a great guy to have around. He's another person that can deal with these two guys, and he's not going to get too flustered or too upset about what they're doing or try to change them. He's just there for the ride. He's on the bowling team, and that's it, man. He's at the bar. They got two beers. He's drinking, like, an orange soda. <laughs> I don't know. That's just the type of guy you need that, that, <laughs> you need that addition. He's like an ad lib of a friend group. It's he's great. He's, he's not in this movie a lot, though. He isn't, but he's Which he's, two for, he's, in he's two for two on strikes in this movie. The
0: two times we see him actually throw a ball down the lane, a bowling ball down the lane, both strikes. So it raises the question, who's the best bowler on this team? Because Goodman's going to have that power, but a lot of bowling has to do with finesse. Is Donnie the best bowler?
1: Donnie, no, Donnie throws a spare, remember, the at the end player. of the movie? It, I think it you're right. And I think... I was thinking about it after I watched this movie, and I think it's a little hint that he's having a heart attack because he throws it and he looks confused, and then he goes and sits down and, like, looks at his hand weird, and then he drops of a heart oh, attack. So I was shit. assuming that maybe is like, this, I don't, I thought that was a thing, like, where, like, half of your body starts to hurt or something, where you get, like, arm pain. Mm-hmm. No, that does happen. And so, yeah, I started thinking. Yeah, it
2: happens, like, five or ten minutes later. Wow, that is actually a crazy pick. That's why we keep
1: you around. That's like intro to film studies. <laughs> freshman near, bro. Okay, we,
0: we both took screenwriting classes. You're taking one right now. That's the kind of insight that yeah. you need to be able to pick up in a movie if you want to, you know. I know that they mm-hmm. made a sequel. John Turturro directed a sequel called, like, Jesus Rolls or something like that. This could be huge for your Don John 2 sequel, Jack. You could pick up from J.G. Joseph Gordon-Levitt starts jerking off with his left hand.
1: Ah, because his right hand isn't working. Mm-hmm. 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 He joins a men's softball league and has a tough slide going into third, and so he has to adapt <laughs> to life as a left-handed jerker. So it's now nah, really? I changed it, I changed <laughs> the name. And now it's called uh, Don John Southpaw.
0: <laughs> really quick, he actually leaves Scarlett Johansson in that movie for Julianne Moore, and I love Julianne Moore. But when I watched that movie back then. I think it was, like, 2014 or something like that. I don't remember when it came out, but uh, I was like, why would you ever? And to this day, like, despite my new love for Julianne Moore, why would you ever?
1: Scarlett Johansson's still in the sequel, but it's also now it takes place in the her extended universe, and he falls in love with the computer from her. <laughs> so, okay. Let's just move on to top five quotes. Um, all
0: right, I got a few to throw at you here. Um Life does not stop and start at your convenience, you miserable piece of shit. Donnie or Walter says this to Donnie like towards the beginning of the movie. Um, Jesus, after he rolls a strike, says, "Are you ready to be fucked, man?" I just kind of like that one. I don't, I don't know why it's just so funny the way he delivers it. Wabowski, um, the dude in the uh, in the cab, says, "I had a rough night and I hate the fucking Eagles." Right after he asks him to turn off the music. Um, it really tied the room together. I think that yeah. probably is the, the winner. It really tied the room together. And then For um, sure. forget right. it, Donnie. You're out of your element. Uh, just another Priceless one. <laughs> oh, and then one last one. When they're talking about <laughs> Walter being Jewish, he says, 3,000 years of beautiful tradition from Moses to Sandy Koufax. You're goddamn right I'm living in the past. <laughs> I love That's that. a good one. <laughs> Did you guys have any other He's quotes?
1: I have one from Jody Walter Jody. when they're he's like explaining like who they're like going up against and he's not like buying it. He's like, we're fine. And then he says, it's nihilists. And he goes, nihilists? Fuck me. I mean, say what you want about the tenets of national socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Their familiar- familiarity with nihilism across the board is so funny. <laughs> so
1: funny. Like everyone, like all of a sudden hears the word and they're like, oh, fuck. It's like oh like, not even... it's like they're like okay, terrifying I'll... in the movie
2: I have one quote and it's just when uh, when they're at that like 15 year old kid's house and Walter's like losing his shit and he starts yelling you're killing your father Larry when <laughs> you <laughs> tell him where the, where the money is and the kid just hasn't moved the whole time I love that scene uh, and that's always this
0: cool. is what happens when you fuck a grown man in the ass <laughs> Okay, the goat section. Um uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: obviously the goat the goat bowling movie, correct. Oh, there's I that other movie that one. people love. I can't think of what it's called, but I think it's centered around bowling and like Bill Murray's in it. Oh yeah. It's like a total dad movie. Not stripes. No, that's not a bowling movie.
0: I can't think of it. But I know what you're talking
1: about. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Out of bowling movies, uh, yeah. Is it Kingpin? Dads love it, I think. What's it called? Kingpin? Kingpin.
0: Yep, that's it. All right, uh, any other goat section nominations? I only had bowling movie, but I guess in the same vein as, like, if you could live in this universe, would you? Uh, Jack, I imagine that it's either either this or Grown Ups for you. Um, Tell me. I would say it's either this or hot rod
1: <laughs> tell me you wouldn't actually want to live in the <laughs> gr- universe of grown-ups it's a nice lake house and you get to play basketball I mean, this all the time universe.
0: that's true you do get to play basketball Every all the time point. i don't know if i'd want to hang out with uh kevin james that much
1: i want to hang out with kevin james in that movie
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'd rather hang out with i now pronounce you chuck and larry kevin james because at least he's like somewhat pollen.
1: My neighbor Mm -hmm. growing up And you're in in New York My neighbor growing up's name was Chuck And my dad's name was Larry So when that movie came out (laughs) They went to the theater and got shirts That said I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry And then we're partners in a bags tournament And wore them That's great (laughs) Nice. Awesome (laughs) Okay
0: any other goat section nominees?
1: Goat, one of the goat movies where the main character wears sandals the whole time. Mm, yeah, one
0: of the goat sandal uh, movies. That's actually Sandals a good point. are great. Yeah. Brad Pitt in um as He's Cliff good. Booth, he wears sandals the entire movie. It's it's more moccasins. But uh, I think yeah, I, same day,
1: I I think guess. I lived this movie. For, I think I was in this universe for like that summer I lived in the apartment. Like I'd go work Oh, when we were recording every
0: day and just fucking...
1: Yeah, I'd work at Witch Witch sometimes. Between our toes. I'd go work at Witch Witch, like, sometimes. <laughs> but then the other days, I would just, like, wake up and be like, mm, time to watch HBO for a while, I guess.
0: What about um the goat movie where we have no idea what the main character's source of income is? Like, I don't know how he's paying for, for yeah. bowling events. Like, this guy says that he wrote part of the Huron Agreement or something like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I looked those.
0: I up. was,
1: really I was looking at the IMDb I'm trivia, talking. um, or whatever, and the Cohen brothers had something. He was like a heir of something, or got it through like a will, but they decided like before they started filming that they were not include it and just leave it up to the viewer. Hmm. Well, That's a good I
0: call. think that once he um can uh puts his babies and Julianne Moore he's gonna start getting some kind of check from her so I'm not too worried about him moving on from there because she's paid yeah she got her mom her mom's well oh, yeah. and then she's also got her painting gig which seems pretty successful like
2: yeah for sure I wonder what quick side note on that that I forgot to throw out that I gotta say is you guys notice that Professor Lupin from yes Harry is oh yeah movie? he's the weird guy who's laughing on the phone David Thule's that was I never noticed that until this rewatch is. So that weird. actually might
0: be most underrated because that scene is so discomforting, <laughs> but also so fucking funny. Like the first time I watched it, and like it kind of feels like they're laughing at him, at the dude.
2: I think they, they all the are. D-
0: <laughs> like there's also like uh, it's kind of like the scene where uh, you brought it up earlier where Walter pulls out the gun where it's just so chaotic and the dog is like yapping, mm-hmm. like you don't really know how to it feel. It's just a really unsettling scene. Um, all right, the their best ever section. So Jeff Bridges is this his best ever? I mean, I feel like it, it has to be in some way. He won an Oscar in two thousand ten. I don't know what role it was for. It may have been a for true,
1: Crazy right? Heart. I don't know. Why I remember that, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. I've really never seen the movie, hard. but I think yeah. this is one of those weird facts that I know. Tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, you're
0: right. It is yes. Crazy Heart. No, you're totally right. I think it is, yeah. Nice. He wasn't nominated for this, which is interesting. Um, but I would say that this is probably his best because I feel like in every movie I've seen, he carries a little bit of the dude with him. And I've watched a few interviews with him mm-hmm. after the first time that I, I saw this movie, and he is definitely, he became the dude after this
1: movie. Dude, he's fucking great in Hell or High Water. He was nominated for that as well. That movie rocks. That movie is
0: dope. Okay, uh, John Goodman. Monsters, Inc., Inside Lewin Davis, Barton Fink. Is this John Goodman's best one?
1: Monsters, Inc. is pretty good. Out of the movies
2: I've seen, out of what I've seen, I'd say yeah. Okay,
0: Julianne Moore. Boogie Nights.
1: I love Boogie Nights.
0: Magnolia. Don
1: John. You gotta go with Boogie Nights for me.
2: Uh, yeah, I'd say Boogie Nights too. I feel like this performance isn't big enough or enough screen time for me to say it's her go. She's brilliant in Boogie Nights. I would love for her to be my, uh, my
0: mommy. My, my theoretical mommy in Boogie Nights. She's, I, I used to think, like, uh, she's okay. Now I think she's a smoke show, especially after you get to see her nude in this. Like, she is, uh, Dude, she... She's a pretty woman.
1: She came <laughs> into the restaurant that I worked at this summer on my off night.
0: How was she looking? Oh, wait. Oh, you didn't I was there. It, Thank
1: right. God, too, because I definitely would have had to pour water under her table, freaked out. Or, like, done something weird and got nervous and, like, spilled <laughs> on one of her kids. <laughs> my worst nightmare, dude. Oh, okay, would, um... I would... She
0: The Cullen brothers, is this their best ever? Now, you guys, I doubt we'll ever do it. Oh, brother, where art thou run it back? So I'll give you guys a combined five minutes to talk about why that's their best ever. I
1: think their best ever is actually no country for old men. I thought we agreed on that before the podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean. Oh, brother is definitely my favorite. That's what it was. It's
0: you guys' favorite. Okay. Um, I would yeah. still say that Fargo is their best ever. I think Fargo is a perfect movie. Yeah, it's yeah. also my favorite of theirs. I get why people go with No Country. That's cool. I'm I'm down with it. Um, the whole no music thing, Anton. The fact that they write. Oh my all their god, god! There is, awesome is no too, music but in that movie. Obviously, adapted that from a book. Yeah. There's no music. Huh. It here. is weird. We might have to do that at some. I point. I mean, Anton. Um. Yeah. Okay, Steve uh, Buscemi. King of Staten Island.
1: Tom. Hello. No. Sopranos is good.
2: Sopranos? Reservoir Dogs? Uh, crazy Eyes. and it, it, <laughs>
0: That's Grown Ups. Wh- Which Sandler movie is that? Is that uh, Big Daddy? Where he's a homeless oh, guy? Oh, he's Wiley like and s- Grown
1: Ups. They make him put his feet through the thing over the water park, and then he goes into the... They're like, yo, Wiley, yeah. put your feet through it. And he's just, I'm an animal. And then he flies into a shed and breaks his whole body.
2: Oh yeah, he it just, just so Yeah, he is the homeless guy in Big Daddy. He's
0: so fucking funny, Big Daddy. I tr- oh no, it's uh it's uh Mr. Deeds hey, Big Daddy's crazy eyes in. I love that he's Big part Daddy of the is a circle. Great That's awesome. Sandler movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. The Sprouse Brothers, that shit bangs. Um Okay, that that's it for their, their best ever. Okay, could Leo have done it better?
1: Mm, no. Uh,
0: this movie's perfect. I don't think we could insert him. We tr- we tried inserting him in Lady Bird, and Fight Club. Um, I don't know where we would yeah. insert him. Maybe as um, as David
1: Thewlis as the the laughing video artist. This is kind of. Um, I think this is a movie where yeah, I can't see any note. of the characters been, being anybody uh, else.
2: yeah it, it's also a movie like where if you take that porn director and make him leonardo dicaprio that suddenly changes like the chemistry of the mm. whole thing because it works so well that nobody really overwhelms you like yeah. they don't do like a crazy cameo like that um a spinoff question for this do you guys think that philip seymour hoffman could have played the dude mm. if it was 10 years later That's that's tough. Okay, so we're going
0: 2008, and Philip is going to play the dude.
2: Like if he's the age of Philip, if he's like the age of Jeff Bridges in yeah. this movie, whatever that yeah. is. Um,
0: No, I think Bridges is perfect. I mean, I think that he could. Yeah. I, I don't doubt that he could, and I don't doubt that he would either. I just don't know if he should. Yeah, I agree. Okay, all right. Let's move on to Would You Rather's. Um, real quick, before we do that, can we talk about?
1: I don't Uh-oh. want to get too
0: big, horny on this podcast, but how fucking hot is Tara Reid in this? I mean, dude, Tara Reid, like, she just she peaked pretty hard, but she, that peak lasted like a good. Four, she did five Sharknado. Years. to American Pie, like, she is
2: just absolutely smoke show.
1: Sharknado, one, two, three, four, say? five. What movies is she in? Van Wilder. Party. She wasn't even in the main Van Wilder.
2: Van Wilder. Okay.
1: She's in Party Liaison. No, she must have been.
2: I don't know. Party Liaison is the highest credited one on her. American
0: Reunion. That's where she kind of falls off. She's not. She's not as good looking in American okay. Reunion. She doesn't have that same it's Hollywood man. All right. Whatever. We'll, we'll move on. We can move on to what you rather. Um all right. Would you rather be a part of their bowling team or be a part of their detective unit? No, I think this is solely based on what kind of person you are. So Northrup, I'm gonna say you're on the detective unit because you're a huge noir man, Jack.
1: Um, not do you particularly.
0: Like okay. I didn't either, but then I, I was like really good at it a week and a half ago. I bowled like hundred and sixty two off of two gummies and I was really feeling myself, dude, I was killing it. Hell yeah. and like, It's because I went the night prior, and I learned mm. how to spin the ball and stuff. I don't throw it fast at all. I throw oh, yeah. it really, really slow, but it's all pure finesse. Um, but, yeah, would you guys rather be a part of their bowling, bowling team, team or be a part of the detective unit? Yeah, I don't want to disappoint you, but i got to go bowling too. I actually love bowling. I'm actually going to go on the contrary, and I'm going to go with the detective team, and here's why. Okay. If I'm on that detective team, I'm standing up to Goodman, and I'm getting that money. I'm somehow finding a way mm. to get that fucking bread. I don't know if it's gonna be a hundred thousand. the The amount of money that he's offered changes like five times in this movie. Changes it's like a hundred k, five k, ten k. I don't know what I'm ending up with, but I'm definitely ending up with more than zero. Um, all right, would you guys rather hang out with Walter
2: or Donnie, Donnie for, 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 sure. for a day? Oh, God. Me and Donnie, I honestly think we'd be best, guys. <laughs> Donnie, 100%. Okay. Here's...
0: here's okay, I'm just going to play devil's advocate again. Donnie, you're going to have a really ordinary day. You're going to go to In-N-Out Burger. It's going to be nice. Maybe you watch a movie, mm-hmm. have an orange soda. This actually sounds really nice. I'm kind of talking myself into it. <laughs> but with, with Walter, you don't know what kind of mischief you're going to get up to. You might slam a bunch of brews and go yell at people... It, honestly, I guess it depends dude, on... Dude, he'll meeting, pull that gun out
1: with no, no hesitation, as we saw. Like, I don't want to get involved in that.
2: None at all. Plus,
1: he's just going to talk about Nam all yeah, day, and I'm going to get sick of it.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't have the patience that the dude has. I don't have that patience at all. <laughs> yeah, like, He'd snap at one person. He'd, like, snap like a waiter, <laughs> and I'd be like, either. I gotta go. Like, I'm yeah. terrified.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you. would you rather have a nude painting sesh with Mod, where you're doing the Pollock and you're going on the you're in the body harness, or blow on Mrs. Lebowski's toes?
1: I want to get in that harness, dude. I want to fly nude painting. <laughs> Me too. I think I would. Di- I think yeah. I would dip okay. my naked body in paint, go on the harness, is, yeah. and fly myself into a canvas. And I title it, Fly Like an Eagle. <laughs> wow.
0: That, that, that'd be quite the sight. This is always where Jack thrives. Anytime I'm just bouncing questions off of him, this is the... I know the I know what the Jack pose is constantly. as well.
1: Um, Alright, any other would-you-rathers for you guys? It's kind of like angled like <laughs> what's, this. What's the my pose? hand's in the same direction. But I want it like you can clearly see like where my nutsack hits the canvas. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. yeah you do have a low hanging nut sack you have long balls like Larry so they're gonna be evident oh, Larry. any
2: uh would you rather's for you guys would you rather be in the the nihilist group <laughs> the dudes group or the group of those two guys that pee on his rug like if you had to just mop up with one of them and go collect a debt who are you joining oh I've actually gotta accomplish
0: something it's not just like a hangout group
2: Oh, like it, it it can fail. You don't actually have to accomplish it. The nihilists give up pretty easy yeah, on the money.
0: Yeah. They're like, we'll just we'll just take whatever you have in your wallet. <laughs> That's <laughs> pathetic. Like you fucking losers came all this way. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'll go with the dudes group.
1: I'm gonna go with the henchmen. But then Walter's my eardrums might because they don't really run into many problems. They kind of just like get in, get out, cause a little property damage. But like besides that, like. They go pretty untouched. Like the dudes and the nihilists. Like mm-hmm. some one dies in the dudes, and then the nihilists like lose an ear. Yeah. So.
0: And the henchmen, they're hanging out with the porn producer, and that party looks fun. Like they're throwing that girl and like that that where they all circle up and they have like the big. No. I don't even know sheet that they're bouncing on. Like those guys probably live a pretty good life. I think I might be going with Jack here. Me and Jack might be going to porn parties.
1: Mm.
0: Jack and I. I don't think Um, so. Any other would-or-others? Okay. Spinoff ideas. So let's just pretend that the uh, Jesus Rolls movie doesn't exist. Little Lebowski. We've got a big Lebowski already. Let's go with our Little Lebowski. Except it's just an exact replica of the dude. It's Jeff Bridges playing the little Lebowski, mm-hmm. but he's like 12 years old. He has a beard. He wears a drug rug and sandals, and he just dudes his way through eighth grade. That's sick.
2: Mm-hmm. I like it. It's good. I came up with one yeah, during I reporting. I would watch it. I would watch
1: it. So, it, it follows Flea, because he's one of the nihilists. Let's hear it. Um, yeah, Flea is one of the nihilists. Flea is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's a mockumentary. For Rats, so it's a show, it's it's like Hannah Montana. Wait, what? And it follows Flea's double life. But instead of being a teenage girl who goes to high school and pretends that she's being a pop star, he's a world renowned rock star bass player who's also a secret German nihilist in Los Angeles it's a multi-camera family sitcom mm. I
0: like that too yeah it's Holy called Can't shit. Stop he totally is in this oh my god
1: okay so it's okay, a what, show what, like what Hannah Montana that again?
0: I'm sorry I was but just...
1: instead of Flea pretending to be a teenage girl that's really a pop star Damn. he's a world renowned rock star bass player who has a secret double life as a German nihilist Mm-hmm. And it's called And it's called Can't Stop. <laughs> okay. So, oh,
0: the Miley version no, is no, no, no. the Nihilist. And...
1: The Miley version is Flea. Everybody knows Flea. <laughs> he's trying to hide the fact that he's a German Nihilist. Oh. Yeah, that's true. They
0: also have a techno pop band. Because they have that record that
1: that's true so he's yeah. he's
0: an artist in two different ways so we're gonna get a lot of music that's true it might rival Almost Famous yeah. for you know one of the great it's music a
1: multi-camera movies. family sitcom really or is good. this gonna be a Disney TV show the pilot episode's called Addicted to the Shindig because <laughs> <laughs> he can't stop playing yeah.
2: music
0: so much that he has to have two lives <laughs> Oh my god Okay, alright, Evan, any uh, spin-off ideas for you?
2: Alright What if we got Philip Seymour Hoffman The Big Lebowski dies He's unemployed, he's depressed He sees Jackie Treehorn at the funeral He says, hey Why don't you come and try shooting some porn for me It's those middle years Little did we know uh, Boogie Nights is a sequel to The Big Lebowski. I like that. It's the years where Philip Seymour Hoffman becomes whatever. His Scotty J. Is Boogie Nights. Yeah, it's it's that's crazy. Fall, depending on because that see means it.
0: Scotty J has like a, a degree from like a, a renowned college. His life was oh, fl- yeah.
2: he had some he hard totally years.
0: changed his voice. He started wearing a lot mm. of tank tops. My only issue. Lots is that guys. this movie takes place in the early 90s, and Boogie Nights <laughs> is largely in the 70s and, like, 1980.
2: Shit. Yeah, You're exactly. close, though. You're close. All right. How about the years between Boogie Nights and The Big Lebowski, when Philip Seymour Hoffman's character goes to college, <laughs> gets a degree, becomes becomes the yes man for is The Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, that, that works, too. So Scotty J becomes Brant. Yeah, You could Little put the master before both those movies. Porn directing the whole time. Or porn gaffing or whatever he does. That's beautiful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then, no, you ended Moneyball. And end money end then
0: along came Polly. <laughs> wow. Well, the Philip Seymour Hoffman extended universe. Maybe my favorite universe. <laughs> um, Alright, that, that was a great way to end. This has been Run It Back, the Big Lebowski edition. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, Next week, we are debating on which movie we're going to be doing next. Um, We have a couple floating around, but if you have any suggestions, please throw them at at us. Um, We'll consider them for sure. Um, But for Evan Northrup and Jack Martin, um, this is Ralph Campiano signing off. Please continue to read Burbs Entertainment and check out all of our TV and film streaming suggestions specifically on Sunday afternoons. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure to listen to the Fro and the Flow this week. We will be back after our All-Star break. Uh, so have a great day. And, uh, yeah, just abide like the dude does. And also sign up to get ordained
2: on dudeism.com. We'll see you guys there at the uh, the annual fest this year.